Let the church say amen. Would you stand at this time if you're able? Waymaker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. <clears throat> Numbers 13, 21 through 23, excuse me, 21 through 33, and in Deuteronomy 1, 8. And the word of the Lord reads thusly. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rahob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahimon, Shishai, and Talami, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bore it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the Brook Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes, which the children of Israel cut down from there. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land where you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Thus ended the reading of Numbers 13, 21 through 33. Deuteronomy 1, 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Thus ended the reading of Deuteronomy 1, 8. Would you repeat after me? Are we there yet? Amen, somebody. Are we there yet? When you look at the screen, you remember those trips? And that are those annoying, that annoying question. Ma, are we there yet? And you just got out the driveway. <laughs> Let's pray. 
Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for the blessing and the beauty of this another day. Thank you, Father God, for your great goodness to all of us, for your mercies and for your grace, for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to speak your word into the lives of these thy precious people, and especially these who have graduated from high school, from college, from graduate school, and, and also from the doctoral program. As challenging as all these levels are, we thank you that they've made it through by your grace. So, Lord, we pray that you will think through my mind and speak life through these lips of clay. To the end, O oh God, that these thy precious people who've gathered in this holy place might be blessed, encouraged, enriched, empowered, and equipped to be everything that you've created, purpose, and designed all of us to be for such a time as this. Father, save souls today. Restore backsliders and add to your church as you see fit for your glory and for our good. Lord, we ask all these things today in the precious name of Jesus. We pray, let the people of God say, amen. You may be seated. Sound room, can you help me out with some more sound in the pulpit, please? <laughs> Beloved, as we come to celebrate the great goodness of our God on this wonderful Sunday we call Graduation Sunday, I would like to begin our message today with a question, as we so often do. And that question, Trustee Pierce, is when you were a youngster, a young little girl. Have you ever taken a trip and asked the question, Ma, Dad, are we there yet? I know I have asked that annoying question on many uh, trips that we've taken as a family. And beloved, such a question is usually asked by youngsters when the family is traveling from one destination to another and the little ones in the car are extremely excited about the trip to King's Dominion, Bush Gardens, Myrtle Beach, Disney World, and if you lived in Goldsboro area, the Falls of the Noose River. Oh, <laughs> somebody said that ain't nowhere. It was somewhere to us. <laughs> or <laughs> to grandma's house, way out far in the country, or way up in the mountains. And in the minds of the youngsters, it seems, Lavanya, that the car is not driving fast enough. The highway seems too crowded, and the minutes that pass seem like hours as the anticipation grows and grows. And the aggravating question, Reverend Spellman, is asked repeatedly by these little minds, are we there yet? Yeah. It's especially aggravating, Deacon Ash, when this same question is asked only 30 minutes into a five-hour drive. <laughs> and this same question is asked repeatedly every five minutes. But we must realize that for the youngsters in the back seat, things are going a bit too slow. And to be honest, the anticipation is just more than they can bear. For when they think about the fun and the excitement that they expect to enjoy, they can hardly wait. So they ask again and again, are we there yet? Well, beloved, that's the way it is for many young people as they matriculate from one grade in school to the next until they come to the actual day of graduation. 
For 18 years, a young student has had one goal in life, and that is graduation. And when graduation finally comes, and they finally get to walk down the aisle with their tassel dangling in the corner of their eye and cameras flashing all over the auditorium or football field as they make each proud step, they feel a sense of tremendous accomplishment. And when they finally walk across the stage and receive their diploma, Eric, shake the principal's or dean's hand and wave to the crowd that admires uh, their accomplishments. Oh, what a great moment it is. But then, once in their seat, they open their case and steal a quick look at their name scripted in fancy letters on a sheepskin diploma. And within, they swell with pride, gratitude, and thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. I made it. After the celebration is over, Minister Green, the gifts are received and the praises subside. There is a question that graduates must answer, and that question is, are we there yet? Beloved, is high school graduation the ultimate goal in life? When we graduate, have we finally arrived? Are we there yet? Or do we still have a quite a way to go to get to where we're trying to go? And as a matter of fact, just how far is the distance between here and there? Well, to be honest, Carleen, there is no universal answer to that question because uh, there is defined by the life question, is, is defined by the life goal that each individual uh, sets for him or herself. And for the person who aspires to great heights in life, there is perhaps a long distance away. For others, Dr. Patterson, there may be just a little closer. On the other hand, here represents the complete sum total of our life's journey to this point. Here, Deborah, speaking of where we are at this present moment in time, represents and accounts for everything we have experienced, information that we have received, life lessons we have learned, and, di and, and, and directions that we have taken. Here, Lene, represents the point in time where yesterday and today meet. There, on the other hand, represents the terminal point in the distant future. That is the focus of our journey that lies ahead. And between here and there is a meandering life journey that will be full of challenges, yeah, full of blessings, uh-huh, full of successes, and without a doubt, a few failures and disappointments along the way. Can we say amen, somebody? But although the distance between here and there may be short in actual time required, the weakness of our humanity may make the journey longer than necessary. For sometimes we learn that we have taken a wrong turn and need to get back on track. In a spiritual sense, Wanda, we are also on a journey, a journey towards heaven. And to be sure, we're not there yet. But we are taking one step at a time towards God's promised land. And as Christians, we press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. From here to there, 
is a lifetime journey, but we have pledged ourselves to go forward and never look back. With faith as our God and heaven as our goal. Can anybody shout amen? Well, beloved, as we come quickly to our text uh, this, after, this morning, we're still in the morning. <laughs> as we come quickly to our text, we find that it focuses on Moses as he gives final instructions to the nation of Israel in the short period before they actually crossed over into the promised land. Generally speaking, Minister Green, the book of Deuteronomy has three divisions that are recited for the hearing of the young as to how God cared for the people of Israel from their deliverance from the land of Egypt to their wandering in the wilderness and their entrance into the promised land. Also, it reveals how he gave them the law and finally what future blessings he had in store for them. Well, now, the four chapters, the first four chapters is a review of God's love and care of Israel in the wilderness. Most of the people that Moses addressed his remarks to were children. When 40 years earlier, God performed miracles for their parents and gave them a renewed covenant of the promised land. So Moses chose to recite for their hearing the wonderful love that God showed the people while they were in the wilderness as he led them with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day and guided them through the terrifying, trackless, treacherous, and howling wilderness desert. Moses tells them how God brought water from the rock to satisfy their thirst in that vast, arid, dry, lifeless, and waterless area, and how God delivered them from their enemies again and again and again. Uh, Moses tells how God faithfully fed them with manna morning by morning without fail. Well, Minister Johnson, the second division of the book of Deuteronomy is a recapitulation. That's a doctoral word a recapitulation or review, that's what it means, of the law. The Ten Commandments appear in the Bible for the second time right here, beginning with chapter 5, verse 27. Here we find the laws on divorce, on faithlessness, and the various penalties that, could, could, that, that um, they could expect if they broke God's laws on their journey or once in the promised land. The third division, Deacon Moore, of the book of Deuteronomy, chapters 27 through 34, is a mighty revelation of the future, both in terms of blessings and of curses upon the nation of Israel. Well, now, in our text today, we can see that Moses begins by talking to the young people who are about to begin their journey, encouraging them to possess what the Lord has given them and not to wander along the way squandering and wasting their opportunities to obtain and possess all that God has so graciously provided and promised for them. Can we say amen somebody? Here we go, nugget number one. In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith to trust obey 
and walk the narrow way. Did you hear that? In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith to trust, obey, and walk the narrow way. Beloved, youth today must be willing to trust, obey, and walk the straight and narrow way towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Beloved, whether you know it or not, but God has promised each believer a joyful, peaceful, fulfilling, satisfying, and blessed life if they will simply trust, obey, and walk in the narrow way following his rules, following his lead, and allowing him to be your director and your guide. Be careful of following the world which says you got to live your truth. You got to do you. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. So instead of trying to live your truth, try hard to find his truth and walk in it. For when God is in charge and is doing the leading and guiding, he has promised each believer the victory. Even when you do not know if you are there yet. Stay with me. And so, beloved, you will be able to answer the question, are we there yet? When you can truthfully say, I have possessed that which God has for me. With my faith, integrity, and Christ-centered life intact. I'm going to say that again. With my faith, integrity, and Christ-centered life intact. If we possess what God gives, but lose our Christ-centered life, faith, and integrity along the way, then we are not there yet. Are you hearing me today? What do you mean, Pastor? Stay with me. If we have to cheat to get there, we're not there yet. If we have to steal to get there, we're not there yet. If we have to lie to get there, we're not there yet. If we have to lay down to get there, we're not there yet. If we have to manipulate the system or manipulate people to get there, we are not there yet. If we lied on the application to get the job, we're not there yet. If we stole to get the promotion, we're not there yet. If we slept with the boss to get the position, uh-oh, we're not there yet. If we manipulated the system to get the raise, we are not there yet. If we have to sacrifice our honesty and integrity to get there, we are not there yet. Y'all might be quiet today. Beloved, when are we there? Well, we are there when we have learned to trust God. When we've learned to obey God. When we've learned to do what God wanted us to do. The way he want us to do it. Not according to the standards of our flesh. Not according to the standards of this old world. Not according to the standards of man's values. Uh, but according to the standards of God's eternal word. For heaven and earth is going to pass away. The standards and opinions of men shall pass away. But the word of our God is eternal and established in heaven. And it shall never, no never pass away. Therefore, in order to possess what God has promised, we must be willing to trust, obey, and walk the narrow way. If you believe that this morning, somebody talk back to me. Say, trust, obey, 
and walk the narrow way. Nugget number two. In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith, desire, and a passionate determination to override the negative reports of the enemy. In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith, desire, and a passionate determination to override the negative reports of the enemy. Sarum, let that slide stay up there so they can read all that. Beloved, if you are content with who, where, and what you are today, then you will never be any better than you are right now. I'm going to try you again. I said, if you're content with who, where, and what you are today, then you'll never be any better than you are right now. In fact, you might become worse. Beloved, Israel was first told by God to possess the land 40 years, but they went around in circles for 40 years with no desire to possess the land because they believed the fearful report of the 10 spies instead of the faith-filled report of the Joshua and Caleb who said we can take the land we've got to stop listening to too many negative folk who say you can't get the degree who tells you you're not smart enough who tells you there's no money available maybe you got to make up in your mind that I'm going all the way in the name of Jesus but it was the negative report an influence of the ten spies that kept God's children from experiencing his best for their lives because of ten men who said it can't be done. Ten men who said we're just being realistic because we know the facts. If I had listened to what folk told me all along the way, I wouldn't be standing here today. I'm here to tell you, I've had so many people try to discourage me. I've had so many people to ridicule me, to make fun of me, to put me down. But you know what? I call it black encouragement. You tell me I can't, I show you I can. Look at your name and say, watch my smoke. Beloved, 10 men kept thousands of people from finding God's perfect will for their lives. Ten men were more of an obstacle to the children of Israel than ten walled cities the size of Jericho. The enemies of God's people were not the Hittites, the Amalekites, or the Jebusites. The enemies of God's people were ten men who said, we can't do it. There's no way to victory. What stopped the Israelites from possessing the promised land of Canaan? Pharaoh's hard heart? I don't think so. The Red Sea? Nada. No food in the wilderness? No, God hooked that up. The Jordan River? No, sir. The walls of Jericho? Absolutely not. What stopped them, Decamore? Just 10 men who used their influence in the wrong way. Hello, somebody. How many of you know we need, to, we need to cut off some negative people who like to speak negativity in our lives? Words have power. 
Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you got to watch out who you listen to. You got to watch out who, who you have in your corner. You got to watch out who you give your ear to. As a matter of fact, you need to watch out what you read on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and all that other stuff. Beloved, in order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith, not fear. Can you hear me? Desire, not apathy. And a passionate determination with purpose to override the negative reports of the enemy. Folk all the time ask me this, this stupid question. And I say stupid because it makes me feel that way. How many degrees you gonna get? It ain't none of your business. As many as I can. You'll probably need a few more yourself. Hello, somebody. I'm just giving it to you straight. Talking to you, giving it to you how I feel it. It ain't none of your business. I'm the one doing the studying. I'm the one writing the papers. I'm the one reading the books. Ain't nobody ask you to help me. Sometimes envy is dark green, baby. People grinning your face, trying to stab you in your back. But beloved, in order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith, desire, and a passionate, purposeful determination. To override the negative reports of the enemy. And sometimes people in your own family. And that means we must want it. Did you hear me? I said we must want it. If you don't want nothing, get out my way. Let me do me. We must want it. Did you hear me? We must want it bad enough. To pursue it with passion. What do you mean, Pastor Murphy? All I'm saying to you is this. In order to be a doctor, you must want to be a doctor. Ain't nobody going to give it to you. In order to be a lawyer, you must want to be a lawyer. And to be an engineer, you must want to be an engineer. To be a nurse, Kayla, you must want to be a nurse. Because the coursework is not easy. Am I right about it, Valerie? Chemistry and physics and anatomy and physiology is not easy. In order to be a pastor, you must want to be a pastor. In order to be an auto mechanic technician, you must want to be an auto mechanic technician. In order to be a computer scientist, you must want to be that. And so, beloved, you must want it. Bad enough to block out all distractions, block out all interference, turn off that telephone, turn off that television, turn off that radio, and make the necessary time that's needed to study, 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 study. I can't get no help up in here. got also block out the wrong opinions of negative people. Block out the temptation, stay with me, to be lazy. Expecting someone else to make your dreams come true. The devil is a liar. If anything, they're going to kill them. 
And if you really want it, then you must pursue it with a passion. Pursue it with diligence. Pursue it with tenacity and bulldog determination of a pit bull that will not let go. That is, if you really, really want it. Oh, God. And the reason why there are so many casualties strewn along the highway of success, Pam, is because too many young people, adults too, started out expecting life to be easy, expecting the degree to be easy, expecting school to be easy. Baby, you can't make no $100,000 majoring in basket weaving. That ain't the pathway to millionaire status. So we've got to find out what it's all about and answer the question, how bad do you want it? Because it kind of goes like this, Trina. When you really get caught up in what you're trying to pursue, people start saying stuff like this, girl, I ain't heard from you in a while. And you ain't going to hear from me in another long while either. Girl, I ain't seen you. You ain't, been, you ain't been running with, I ain't got time to run with y'all right now. I'll run with you later. Back up. I, got, I, I, I'm on, I have a goal. I got to fix this. I got to complete this. I got to get this. I holler at you when I holler at you. Amen, somebody. Beloved, the years between 18 and 25, depending on your profession, are what we call possession years. Generally, Tyler, 25 to 35 are the years in which we secure what we have possessed. Then, we spend 36 to 65 cultivating our possession, Cortha, and 65 until death being supported by our possession. Because at some point you want to retire. I can't get no help up in here. Am I right about it, Lavanya? You want to retire and have enough of that 401k to only work if you want to. And with a few exceptions, the years between 18 to 25 are crucial years in which you stake your claims or let them slip away. And in my estimation, there are too many of our young men and women who are not focused and are not staking their claims in life. Pray God, help me to see what it is I need to be doing in life. Some of us woke up late and then figured it out until later in life. And then we begin to wish we could turn back the hands of, Lord, if I knew then what I know now. Googly moogly. Am I right about it, Corey? Because the older you get, the clearer life, the clearer life becomes. Everything comes into focus, Eric. The older you get, you realize you should have saved more money. 
You realize you shouldn't have been so rash at the mouth. You shouldn't have cussed that supervisor out. You just should have shut your mouth and grinned and bore it. Okay, ain't talking to nobody up in here. I'm talking to the Facebook crowd, the YouTube people. <laughs> and in my estimation, there are too many of our young folk who are not focused and are not staking their claims in life. Pastor, what you trying to get at? They are chasing the wrong things. They have put their priorities in the wrong places. They have learned to value the wrong things. They'd rather spend time running the street, watching movies. Have you seen this movie? Have you seen that movie? Playing video games. What a waste of time than going to school and getting an education and some knowledge, skills, and abilities that will empower them to support themselves, pay your own rent, buy your own car, buy your own gas. Because as long as you're asking mommy and daddy for money, you are still a dependent child. I don't care how old you are. I'm grown, really? Show me. Pay your own light bill, show me. Pay your own rent, show me. Buy your own car, show me. Pay your insurance, show me. Be an adult. Handle your business. I'm grown, man, shoot. You can tell that to somebody else. Because if we are grown, we wouldn't be trying to live off mom and dad. Amen, somebody. Until they actually put us out. You got to go. Mom, you mean what? You heard me. You got to the end of the month. Mom, seriously? I don't care where you go. <laughs> Look, you 24. 25. Sometimes 30. I would give you more grace than my parents ever gave me. You up here sucking up my air, enjoying my heat, eating my food. Hello, somebody. Every little bit of money you get, you go to Vegas. Every little bit of money you get, you spend it on you. You got a hundred pair of tennis shoes. You need to have a yard sale. I can't get no help up in here. And you're still begging me for money. Oh, Lord. Don't y'all write nothing nasty on Facebook. I ain't going to read it no way. That ain't my thing. Nugget number three. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, he's about to weigh us out today. <laughs> Here we go. In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith, desire, and an undistracted focus. How many of you got favorite shows you like to watch? You know, it's all good. I like to watch TV too. Got favorite shows you like to watch? Well, watch this. When you in school, you got to hit that video recorder and just let that recorder record them shows so you can get your work done. Amen, somebody. You got to write them papers. Am I right about it? 
and I'm one who strongly believes. I don't believe in paying my fees and taking my C's. If I take a course, the brother is trying to make an A. So you have to discipline yourself and say, there's certain things I can't do right now during this season because I have some goals. The TV can wait. I can watch it later. But right now, I got to get this work done. Am I talking to anybody right up in here? Get the CD or DVD and share it with your children. But in order to possess what God has promised, I'm blessed and highly favored. We're going to see. We must have faith, desire, and an undistracted focus. Look at all those people up there out of focus. Beloved, many begin the journey through young adult life with a passion for success only to be distracted along the way. Those who seek to possess God's blessings must keep their eyes on the prize. No doubt the distractions will be numerous. Can we say man somebody? All of which promise you that you will be able to handle them and that you will not really be distracted, says the enemy. Some distractions involve the party life. Party, 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 party. Party. Fatal personal distractions. Girl, he is so fine. Hook up with him later. Early parenthood. That can be a derailment, but it doesn't have to be the end of life. Come on, somebody. The fast track, running with the wrong crowd. The get-rich-quick schemes and scams. Larceny, drugs, and alcohol. <clears throat> and the intoxicating liquor of illegal roads to temporary success. There are prisons full of people who can tell you how that turned out. But beloved, possessing what God has to give means never taking your eye off him or the prize. Paul said he was persuaded that nothing would distract him or separate him from the love of God, neither life nor death, things past or things present, height or depth, neither angels or principalities, nor any other creature would be able to separate him from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And so, Mount Gilead, I suggest to you, young graduates, that you should begin the next phase of your lives with the same resolve. Let nothing or no one distract you from the goal of loving and serving the God of your salvation, numero uno. That's number one. Stay with God. Next, let nothing or no one distract you from the worship and honor of living for the God of your salvation. Let nothing or no one distract you from the goal of following, obeying the God of your salvation. For you must realize that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, here it is, you would not be who you are today. You must realize that if it had not been for 
the Lord who is on your side. You would not even have the diploma or degree that you have today. You must realize that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, that you would not have all the blessings that you have today. Therefore, the preacher urges you to have a made up mind that says, with my whole heart, I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. With my whole heart, I'm going to continue to love the Lord. I'm going to continue to trust the Lord. As a matter of fact, it was trusting in the Lord that has brought me safe thus far. Therefore, I shall continue to walk in the wisdom of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That helped me. Somebody says, what? Trust in the Lord. Come on. With all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Is there anybody here who can admit that you still need the Lord to guide you? Can admit that you still need the Lord to lead you? Can admit that you still need the Lord to direct your steps? Can admit that the steps of a good man or good woman are ordered by the Lord? If you agree with that, somebody shout glory. Here's your last one. In order to possess what God has promised, we must have faith that keeps popping up, doesn't it? Desire and be prepared to seize the moment. Somebody say that with me. Seize the moment. Beloved, seeing that <clears throat> most of you are very young, you may not know this, but life has a way of presenting special moments when opportunities are ripe for the claiming. For you, when the spies gave their report, the moment for Israel to claim their possession was upon them. <laughs> but they did not seize the moment. Carpe diem is the Latin phrase for seize the moment. It means that we must act in faith when opportunities appear. That means, Minister Gordon, we must prepare for the moment. You can't be getting ready. You got to be ready. <clears throat> when the job you're looking for appears on the Internet, you may get all excited until you see the training requirement posted with it. You have the ability and the skill, but lack the academic training necessary to seize the moment. And as I said earlier, the years between 18 and 25 are the years when your basic academic training should be secured. Some areas may require more, but the amount of training, experience, and academic preparation you receive in the next seven years will determine whether your possession in your generation will be a mountain, a molehill, or a flat desert plain. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, I promise you, on a most serious note, that I don't mean any disrespect, but to a large extent, you determine whether you'll be the coach or the water boy. You determine whether you'll be the supervisor or the worker, you determine 
whether you'll be the employer or the employee. Oh, it's getting hot up in here now. You determine whether you'll be the one who designs video games or the one who plays them. Woo! You determine whether you'll be the producer or the consumer. And it all depends on the direction you take in the next seven years. So what's my point, graduates? Now is the time to prepare for the door of opportunity that will be open for you in a few short years. And when the opportunity comes, remember your pastor said, seize, grab it, go get it. Finally, we should consider that while we know where we have been, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what the future holds, but thank God we know who holds the future. And graduates, as you move forth to take possession of the rewards of your faith, you should always remember that no matter what the distance between here and there, God is only a prayer away. For God's guiding spirit will let us know when we are traveling the right path, even though we might think we have made it. For when we graduate from high school, the question we must answer is simply, are we there yet? <laughs> when we get scholarships, enroll in college or the military, the question is, are we there yet? When we graduate from college and land the job of our dreams, are we there yet? When we have achieved what looks like success in our chosen field, are we there yet? Well, beloved, before I close this message of celebration of, for graduation, I want somebody to know, Dr. Pringle, that despite our apparent success in life, we have not made it there until we are living our lives in a way that will be pleasing to God and in his mercy. He welcomes us into his kingdom. The story is told of a young lady who began a career as a dancer after being the student of an aging but world-renowned dancer instructor. Anytime the young lady made errors, the dance instructor would carefully point out her strengths and errors too. Never be pleased with what the crowd tells you, the dance instructor said. You have made it only when you have given your, your, your when, when, when he who gave you the gifts is pleased with how you have used them. For years, the young lady won accolades and prizes for her dancing, but she would never be satisfied. She called her teacher and asked in a childlike manner the same question she would had asked for many years, have I made it and am I there yet? But the answer, Trustee Pierce, would always be the same, draped in success, robed in diamonds, furs, and jewelry. The dancer became extremely famous, but the old lady gave the same answer. Well, it troubled the dancer that she had fame, money, and influence, but her teacher always said the same words. Well, one night, Deacon Moore, she had an inspiration. 
She went to church and volunteered to teach spiritual dance to the elementary students. There were no flashing lights or limousines, but she gave the little girls the best she had. When she called her teacher and told her of her actions, the teacher said, now you're on the right path. You have made it only when he who gave you the gifts is pleased with how you use them. We will never permanently succeed until we bless somebody else. Hello, somebody. And my dear fellow graduates, as you begin this seven-year journey, let me encourage you to put Jesus first because he will guide you safely through. We don't know what rivers we'll have to cross, but we know that if we put Christ first, he will guide us safely through. And I don't care how high you go, always remember this, there's a devil on every level that's ready to knock you out. And lastly, I'm reminded of the story of some travelers who followed a trail to a town located high in the Swiss mountains. <laughs> they were warned that sudden snows, Deacon Brown, could wipe out the trail and they might get lost. The God told the travelers not to worry, but to keep looking for the cross. Soon a storm came and the paths were covered. They couldn't find their tracks, Lavanya. The people panicked because of the covered trails and because their guide was walking in the horizon looking for a cross. They felt doomed. As they gave up hope, their guide returned shouting, follow the cross, just follow the cross. He pointed to a giant lighted cross high on a hill in the horizon. It had been erected by the townspeople to guide travelers lost in the storm. What are you saying, Pastor Murphy? The storms of life might cover your path, but keep your eye on the cross. Follow Jesus, the truth that never lies. Follow Jesus, the friend who never forsakes. Follow Jesus, the fountain that never runs dry. Follow Jesus, the way that never deceives. Follow Jesus, the anchor that never fails. Follow Jesus, the one who died and rose for our sins. Another songwriter put it this way, where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Whatever you do, wherever you go, follow Jesus. Let the church say amen. Oh. The doors of the church are open. Graduates, I will never forget uh, the time I had just finished my master's of divinity and I was contemplating going ahead and getting my doctorate and I was at the divinity school and it was me and about maybe 10 or 12 other preachers at breakfast that morning and so in the midst of our conversation many of us were graduating and somebody tossed out the question who's going to keep going to get their doctorate. And I didn't say anything at first, and they were chopping it up. 
And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep going. I was very young then, very young. And I was back in the late 80s. And when I said, I think I'm going to keep going, oh my God. Hell broke loose at the table. Why? Why? I know you're tired. Why? This, I, know this, I know this master's degree don't beat you down. Why? Nobody encouraged me. Do you hear me? No one, no one encouraged me. And I just made up my mind that day. I said, you know what? These, <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what I called them, but <laughs> these people, <laughs> they don't know me like that. You don't know me like that. And so I let them say whatever they wanted to say. And I went on home and filled out my application for doctoral school. Yeah. I think that was like 1987 or so. Maybe even 88. And do you hear me? 1990, I was marching with my doctoral degree. I just simply said that to say this. Don't let nobody turn you around. Don't let nobody. I don't care who they are. You make up in your mind what you want in life. And go get it. And peep this. I didn't realize that my sister would always tell me, Shell, the Lord is preparing you for something great. Alice, my big sister, would always tell me that. Baby, just keep on going. Get all you can get. Keep on going because he's preparing you for something great. And my friends would always pick at me because I was a campus pastor. Dog, when are you going to get a real church? When are you going to get a real church? Get over there with them students. You don't never have no pastors. I mean, they would go on and on and on. I was the brunt of their jokes. And so, joined the Navy, ended up in Japan. And watch this. No lie. When Mount Gilead went looking for a pastor, I had no idea they needed a pastor. I was on the other side of the world. And do you know they found me? Reverend Ronald Christmas was instrumental in helping the committee to find me in Iwakuni, Japan. And watch this. There were 36 people trying to get the church. And the requirement was you had to have a doctoral degree. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to try to get it. I already have it. And there were so many people trying to get the church and uh, they didn't have what they needed. But the boy in Japan already had it. And I was the first one this church interviewed 21 years ago. And on that night, I told him what God said to me. The whole committee, I think about 17 of them, they all cried, I cried, and they wanted to stop it and hire me that night. And I said, no. No, 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 no. Go ahead and interview the other 36. If you see somebody else that you like better than me, we'll be friends. I'll come do your revival. I'll do a leadership conference or whatever, but there won't be no hard feelings because I got a job. I'm in the Navy. Hello, somebody. <laughs> that was my way of trying to back back. <laughs> But then they interviewed all 36 and said, we still want you. I said, look at God. 
So I'm going to say this and let it go. You prepare yourself because what God has for you is for you. But you got to do your part. You got to do your part. And doors will open. God will make ways out of no way. The money will come. He will do it. I'm a living witness. He'll do it. Just do your part. Do your part. Do your part. And God is faithful. And he will do his. Come on and clap your hands and give him glory, everybody. When God blesses you, it doesn't care who likes it. It doesn't matter. 